I can't believe it. You probably can't believe it, but let's believe it. It's almost Black Friday weekend. Black Friday weekend for so many boutique owners continues to be a struggle, but no longer. I have a class called the Black Friday Masterclass where I'm gonna teach you why you don't need to run crazy discounts, how you can actually design a plan that makes you money, like serious profit, what kind of deals, door busters, mystery things, all that jazz, what you should consider to run, and what is your revenue goal and how do you have enough inventory to hit it? I teach you all of that and so much more in this step-by-step Black Friday Masterclass. It is one of my best trainings ever. For so many of you, it was or will be your first time taking one of my trainings and we have had the most positive reactions on this class. I get more people that come back to me and say, Emily, I made so much money during the holidays and after because of what you taught me. It's all inside of Black Friday Masterclass. Start getting your plans together. You have the opportunity to rewatch. It's a self-study recorded digital product. All you have to do is go to blackfridaymasterclass.com and you get immediate access once you pay. And it's a great price right now. So don't miss out. Head on over to blackfridaymasterclass.com. I'm so excited to help you navigate the holiday season and make massive amounts of money. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. You guys are freaking out over these episodes with Andrea and I which rightfully so we're having a lot of fun doing them. So you're definitely feeling that energy listening. So welcome back, Andrea. Hey girl. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if you don't know who Andrea is, she's my number one go-to right hand, left hand woman in the biz. Also my cousin, I'm older, but not by much. We're like almost, we're close in age, but we never went to school together. No, because we were five, we're five years apart. We're five. No, but yes. my sister's five years younger than me. I I'm think we're be, four years apart. I'm going to be 35 and you're going to be the big. Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that number. Just kidding. Um, Technically, we're like four and a half years apart, I guess. Okay. Then that makes more sense because my sister's five and a half years younger and you and her are not in the same grade. No, we're Jill and I are almost exactly a year, a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. We're both both June babies. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm older than Andrea, which we're not going to talk about, but she is cooler than me. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) she also is a mom before me, which is really fun because we just, we just kind of came back from Texas. We were in Austin for the month of March, Greg, Adeline and I, and you flew down with Adeline and I, Greg drove down. How was that experience for you flying <laughs> with a three month old or well, four months? She was almost four months. She was just shy of four months. I mean, nothing I haven't done before. Right. I, I've, 
I mean, I traveled solo with a baby so many times because fun fact, I was a military wife and uh, I did a lot of things on my own for many a year. Many years you did. Yeah. Yes. And I still do things on my own because now I'm a single parent. So still doing things on my own, but he is almost, he'll be 13 in two days, which is wild. Um, But we had so much fun. She was the best flyer. I call her our tiny traveler. And um, we we just had such a good time. We had probably what could have been a very stressful travel situation, but I was in this mindset of I'm going to manifest the best travel day for us. And I manifested a parking spot when there was none. I manifested help when we needed it. It was like manifest left and right. It just goes to show when you have the mindset that things are going to be easy and you put it out to the universe people start to line up in your path that need to be there. Yes. Because we had to rebook our flight because you called me on Monday. You were like, it's going to snow on Friday morning when we're supposed to fly out. So like, let's change our flight. We ended up leaving Thursday, like afternoon night. And we had to connect, which flying with a baby with all of her stuff Because of course I brought like the stroller and the stroller bag and the car seat and the car seat bag. You unfortunately were the guinea pig to like test all that stuff too. (laughs) Um, But I will say that we learned a lot from it. And I'm very grateful that you came along because you're right. We did. We got off the flight in Atlanta. We had 40 minutes to transfer flights to a different terminal in Atlanta. I was like, oh, if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, you know how big it is. And you have to take a tram to the other terminal. And we were like, how are we going to get our gate check stroller and, and car seats and the baby and our carry-ons over to the other flight? And there were three wheelchairs. I have to tell this story because we were like, we were literally like getting off the plane being like, oh my God. So first of all, the gate check was taking so long to come up. Normally, like it comes up really fast. We're like, oh, here's your thing, whatever. It was taking so long and you and I were so stressed there were three wheelchairs on the jetway and one of the wheelchair women like she must have just like liked us I don't know I think she was stressed because remember she kept looking and being like oh I think it's coming oh I see them getting it like she was kind of helping and meanwhile like everyone's getting off the plane and we're sweating and we have masks on and like it was hilarious because that same woman a guy came out and she's like oh I have your wheelchair and he's like I don't need a wheelchair And so then he ends up basically denying the wheelchair. So this woman's like, I'll help you guys your next flight. Just don't tell anyone I did it. Just like, I'll keep the order in as like this guy and whatever. I'll just like help you, which was so nice because also it was nice. She knew the airport. So she was like, oh, the elevator's here, that this is there. And by the time we got to the other flight, they were literally calling our names being like final boarding for (laughs) But I've never had that happen. Never. Never. I've never heard my name over the loudspeaker before. A little stressful for sure. But Jacenia in Atlanta, I doubt you're ever going to hear this podcast, but you are an angel. You are. Do you remember her name? Of course I remember her name. She was up there talking. I was, I was literally carrying a baby on my front, a car seat on my back and sweating (laughs) so hard, but you were up there chatting with her. Mm -hmm. Yep. We were chit chatting. She's originally from Texas. Where, which is where we were heading. She had a, I think she said she had a little boy. So she was also a mom. So she got it, but she was just an angel, just an angel. She's like, if totally. anybody asks, it's your new mom and you just needed some help. 
hundred percent. And you know what, what I realized is people are so afraid to travel and go places with their kids, just go places anywhere. And what I've realized is there are so many moms, dads, uncles, aunts, grandmas, there are so many people out there along your path who are like, let me help you. Let me help you. What do you need? Hey, oh, you're doing great. Like the amount of times we've gotten like cheered on randomly with like a baby out. It's really nice to know that there is like, I feel, I said to Greg, I was like, I feel like we're in this secret club that we didn't know about before, but now we're in it. And people are just like, Hey, let's help you because you have a baby. It was really nice. And then Austin was just, I mean, we had a crappy weekend when we got there. It was rainy and chilly but we still did fun stuff we did it was such a bummer because you know I was so excited to be in warm weather and get out of New England for a little bit and by the time this comes out I'll already be back from Texas again but I'm doing a redo I literally redo and you're bringing your son which will be so fun Shane this time yes I'm very excited we're staying with some family friends just north of Austin but I was like, I can't leave here without booking another trip because if any of you guys are from Austin or have been to Austin, it is just such an awesome place to visit and I'm sure to live too, but I could not leave there without booking another trip back. So be there next week. Yeah. Oh my God. It's that soon. Yeah. Next Wednesday. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Actually. I know. Oh my God. It's next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Guys, we're recording this in early April. So that's crazy. Well, yeah. And you know what? I have my friend, Christine, who's been on the podcast and spoke at the retreat, Christine McAllister. She kind of has this mantra that she always says, like, book your next trip while you're still on the trip you're on. And I love that because it's true. Like, you know, I think travel, if you can you know, it's obviously like a privilege to travel, but however you can do it, whether it is driving, you know, flying, taking a train, whatever, like we, Greg and I have done all of it. We've even like taken cross-country cruises, like uh, transatlantic, transatlantic. I'm sorry. We took a transatlantic cruise once to come back from Europe. And we, you know, we said from the beginning, everyone said to us, and this I think goes back to the mindset. Everyone said to us, oh, do it now. Get it out of your system before you have a kid, da, da, da. And listen, I know things are going to change when she's in school and when she walks and when she's putting everything in her mouth and like, I get it. She's easy right now. But we said to ourselves, no way we're going to, if she chose us as parents, she's going to like to travel. So we're just going to keep going and we're going to do it. We're going to integrate her as much as possible into the life we had before her with obviously making adjustments to nap times and you know, making sure she's protected and safe and all that stuff. But I think that's the thing is, you know, I really believe, and I think this is how I live my life too, but I believe you can do anything or whatever you want, as long as you set your mind to it, you know, and that you realize that sometimes you're creating more challenges for yourself, which we did. We went and we didn't have the family support that we have here with babysitting and stuff like that. But we took it as an opportunity to be like, you know what? it's the three of us as a family and we're kind of on our own and we're just going to lean into that and enjoy it. And, you know, luckily Greg is like the most supportive dad, co-parent partner, and is just like happy and loves Adeline as much as, you know, like we're just, we, I feel like we really thrived in Austin, even though there were days where we were tired and it was hard, but it was nice. It was really nice. It was just nice to get away after being inside. I think anyone that's had a baby knows those first three months, you're just in straight survival mode. And so like after the three months, we're like, we're getting out, we're going somewhere else. We're like, you know, it's kind of like breaking the habit. And now that we're back in Massachusetts, I'm just like, 
doing projects around the house. I feel so good. Like, it's just nice. It was nice to take a break and it's nice yeah. to be back. So sure. I know Shane and I traveled a lot when he was younger and some of it was just, you know, because we had to, because, you know, his dad was in the military and, you know, we moved a couple times and I really think that that's where he gets his love of adventure from. And he's so incredibly adaptable, even now to this day at, you know, almost 13 years old, he's very much loves an adventure, loves to go places, loves to try new things. And I really attribute that to me not saying a baby's going to stop me from doing all this. And again, some of it wasn't a choice, right? We had to go, you know, go where the army tells us to go. Right. Uh, But you know, some of the stuff was also a choice. You know, when I would drove home with him when he was like, what, six weeks old, I drove from DC to Massachusetts by myself. Yeah. (laughs) That was, you know, a little, that was definitely overzealous of me, but it's my first mother's day and I didn't want to be by myself because I think, I think Matt was probably either on. I think he was deployed, no? Um, no, he was home then, but I think he had like, he was either in the field or something. But either way, I think I was going to be by myself. So yeah, just packed up and drove home. And you know what? I think it goes to like really focusing on the right thing. Like this is what we wanted to talk about today was really like when you focus on things that are going well and you focus on having, and I wouldn't even say a positive mindset. I think it's just having a mindset of like whatever gets thrown at me, I'm going to be okay with. And I'm going to figure, you know, not letting like big or little things kind of get you down, which listen, I am like an eternal optimist. I'm also like on meds for, you know, anxiety. So (laughs) I also think I have like a higher tolerance for a lot of things. I do think that focusing on the right things in your life also transfers to focusing on the right things in your business. And I think we see so often people just seem to focus on, and I don't want to call it the wrong things, but things they don't need to think or focus on. The things that don't matter. Yeah. Or the things that aren't going to move the needle. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I have to do that. Like, oh, I I really need to like do TikTok, but I don't have an email newsletter set up and I'm not sending consistent emails. Hold on. Emails have the highest return on investment Mm -hmm. than anything else. You're doing, you're sending emails for a client and it's Mm -hmm. what, bringing in five figures a month for the client, something Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Just from emails. 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 Right. So I think, you know, when you focus on the wrong things or the things that don't move the needle, it also can be really discouraging because I feel like you're, you're choosing, you're choosing to look at things that just aren't working rather than saying, okay, this is working. And how do I do more of it? Like, let's talk about even this podcast and how we've decided to like focus on the right things to do more of it. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like continuing to throw things at the wall and watch it not stick, but you're still doing the same thing over and over again. You know, why not focus on the things that are sticking and throw more of that at the wall? And a lot of times it can be basic stuff. So like for me, this podcast, we have, we get five figures of downloads every month and we only upload twice a month. Like we Mm -hmm. publish every other week. Yep. So I said to Andrea, I was like, should we go to weekly? Which scared the shit out of her because it's a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) You edit them. You do, you do all the marketing for it, but we figured out how to like include someone else from our team to start, you know, integrating her. 
to help, but you know, it's like, could we double our numbers? You know, could we bring you guys first and foremost, if you're, if so many of you are listening every month, like, why aren't we doing it more? Because you're obviously enjoying the content and like mm-hmm. eating it up. Um, but secondly, like it would be fun to have bigger numbers so we could maybe have some advertisers. I mean, I know at one point I said, I'll never have people advertise on the show, but we've partnered with some really great products that like, I wouldn't be sad to promote and like monetize from it. You know, like, I think that's the other piece is looking for ways in your business that are working and saying, how actually could I make more money or more money from this? Yes, you can make money from selling your products. But like you've been exploring like affiliates and advertising and all these other kind of revenue streams for some of your clients, which gets pretty complicated, but let's go back to basics. So what do we think when you're first starting out, like, let's say first three months, six months, a year, what do you think are the most important things for a boutique to focus on? I mean, it depends on if you are, well, just take a step back. Brick and mortar versus e-commerce. If it's e-commerce, you have to have a solid website. What is a solid website? So making sure that it's easy to shop, okay. that you don't have 17 million pop-ups going on and that you are collecting people's email addresses. Those are like my top three. Oh, I love that. And wait, tell me more specifics about how am I collecting someone's email address just when they purchase or am I giving a discount? Like, what do we think are the best ways to actually get people to give us the email? I mean, you could do either one. If you're going to do a discount, you don't want to go crazy on it. I would say like max 10%. And if that's going to be a pop-up, that should be like your only pop-up and make it like pretty and enticing. Otherwise you can just make sure that you're collecting it at checkout, which if you are a Shopify user, little tidbit here, if you go into your settings, make sure that it is checked off, that it is automatically selected, that they're opting into your emails. Because Because otherwise they have to check a box. Correct. Which is much lower conversion rate I'm sure yes I had I changed that for a client uh, I think back in like August and I mean our numbers like have tripled just since changing that there you go so and to be honest with you if someone's buying from you they want to hear from you Mm -hmm. like right and why give why make them miss that step or not see that as part of the part of the process Right. And even if they haven't bought from you yet and they're just entering into your newsletter, you own your newsletter. You don't own own your followers on Instagram. You don't own your followers on Facebook. So, and let me tell you, going viral on TikTok, the thing that everyone seems to want to do, it's going to get you maybe some short-term sales, but that email list is what's going to get you the follow-up sales and Mm -hmm. what's going to maintain your consistency with marketing. So I mean, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think my top three things are. I want me to talk about brick and mortar? Yeah, you talk about brick and mortar. Okay. So, and then we'll talk about what we think the top three things are, no matter what. Because I think there's, I always say retail is retail is retail. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you sell, where you sell it. There's fundamentals that everyone just needs to know. Because like it is a, it's one of the oldest businesses in the world. Uh, being a merchant, buying and trading things. So, Okay. I think for brick and mortar, the three most important things are location, obviously. What does that mean? It means if you have to pay more to be in a better spot, absolutely do it. Um, Making sure that there's parking at that location and frankly, making sure that your location has some kind of frontage. Someone can see a sign, they can see something. If that's not possible for you, then you have to work a little bit harder to make it a destination spot. 
So location is number one. Um, number two, I would say for a brick and mortar, the most important is making it feel good. Like having good energy in that store, having a good layout, good design and good flow. If that means you end up getting a bigger space, but you can't fill it, make the space smaller. This is one of my biggest, I tell everyone this, they're like, I, you know, I'm going to get a 1500 square foot space, but I, you know, I'm going to have to buy so much inventory to fill it. It's like, no, you don't put the cash wrap closer, put a seating area in the bag, close off some of the space for an office. You absolutely do not need to fill an entire space. You want the space to feel full of merchandise, not full of space. And I think my third thing for a brick and mortar is not like having good signage everywhere. So like there's a rule and I want to say it was Jessica from Boutique Decor and More who taught me this. And I, I totally, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So you should have your name of your business in three locations on the outside of your building, by your cash wrap, and then one other place in your store. So that if someone gets a phone call in the store and they're like, oh, where are you? So the person can easily look around and be like, oh, I'm at such and such boutique. Um, that's really my my big three for, for brick and mortar. I love that. Yeah, I think especially with like the look and the feel, you want people to want to come back. You want to create that like vibe, that aesthetic. I mean, everybody is so into the whole like the look and the feel and you want people to want to take pictures in your store. Agreed. You to go on social media. And you want to get your store tagged because that's more, that's free marketing. That's free exposure for you. Totally. But if you've got a cute store, people are going to post it. A hundred percent. And I don't think you have to spend a, mo- a lot of money to have a cute mm-hmm. store. I mean, I know our client, um, Ashley at Whimsy Willows. She's in mm-hmm. Mississippi, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she does a lot of like thrift shopping and she goes to a lot of like vintage markets and like she ends up like fixing things up and making like all of her displays. I feel like she makes all of them just from like things she she's found and painted. Oh my gosh. But they look so good too. It's like they're crafty, but they're like really good. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that's the thing is it's smart of you to go to thrift stores and find tables and you don't have to be buying everything brand new that's that's the cool part I think if you can put a little bit more legwork into that it works I mean also I'll say I got a lot of my stuff from Ikea like I use Ikea cubes and it's pretty inexpensive to have some sleek looking stuff so I think that's the other piece is like it it's fun to mix in furniture and art and and rugs and you know, have things look a little bit more homey or like decorated um, yeah. so that people less feel sterile. good in your store. Yeah. Less yeah. sterile. Gone are the days of like sterile shopping. You know, you want you want people to feel like at home and comfortable and because when people are comfortable, guess what they're going to do? They're going <laughs> to spend money. Spend money. Well, and I would say, here's the other thing. You can do so much between thrift stores, Goodwill, um, Habitat for Humanity. We have a ton of those restore stores around where you can go and buy and the money goes to build more houses for Habitat. Um, the other place where I've found major baby stuff, like really good secondhand is Facebook marketplace because you can find some really good local stuff. You, like I said, you definitely do some searching, but I do think decorating a store and making it feel good and making it feel homey is really important too. 
Plus you're going to spend a lot of your time there. So make it something that you like. 100%. Wait, should we talk about mobile? The three most important things? Yeah, let's do it. Cause I, I mean, I feel like more and more mobile boutiques are starting to pop up. Definitely. I mean, I would say the three most important things for a mobile boutique are one, making sure the exterior is sharp. Mm. Even if again, you don't spend a lot of money, it's like you have on the outside, the name of your business, what you do, a cute design. Like it needs to be something that feels enticing. And also I would say something that feels not like a truck. (laughs) The second thing I would say for a truck or like a trailer, you want it to feel not like a truck or trailer inside. Again, I would take the same thing with brick and mortar where you want it to feel homey. You want it to be a color. You want it to be painted. And then third, I would say with a mobile boutique, you want people to forget they're in a truck. So maybe that's actually still on the inside. You want people to forget they're in a truck. But third, I think you really need to have dressing rooms. So this is like one thing I see a lot of mobile boutiques don't have dressing rooms. And I think you really have to have it, even if it's one and it's three by four or four by four or something like that. It is worth having people try stuff on in your store because they're more likely to buy it hundred percent. And I see this with pop-ups a lot. I think a lot of people are hesitant to buy certain things at pop-up markets if you don't have a dressing room because they're only going to see you there once. How do they return it? Mm-hmm. So even if you have to buy a little tent or set up a sheet situation for your, your tent at a pop-up, I do still think that's important because it is sort of a you know, know what people are going to have to try a little bit harder to find you on the other end to return something or, or shop again, frankly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to make sure that outside of that truck is looking good because you do not want to look like that creepy van. No, no. Like not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah, I mean, so I think there's specific things to like how you sell, but like, let's talk about the retail business. Um, What we think is super important because this kind of ties, I will just say it straight out. This ties into boutique basics bootcamp and like what we teach. We do teach somewhat specific to how you're going to sell, but there are these foundational things that we've had this group in the course since January, like Jan Feb. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a three month course. So we're coming to the end of it. And we've had such amazing transformations in this group where people are like, I just, I learned so much. I, I, we had someone take the class for I think the second or third time. There's a couple people in there who come back and will take it. And they're even having these massive breakthroughs that they're like, I finally nailed it. I finally got what you were saying. And, and, oh my gosh, I just had a really great live sale or a really great pop-up, or I just had a massive, you know, I sold my most expensive thing or, and that's, what do you think people have been learning the most in that, in that group? I think I've seen a lot of growth surrounding like branding, Mm. a lot of growth around branding, a lot of growth around product assortment and a lot of growth around, I mean, a lot of growth around website stuff, which that's, you know, that's my bread and butter in there. But um, that's been really, really fun to watch people after, especially after I give them a website audit as part of our call, go in and make the changes and get to see those changes and be like, Andrea, look, look what I did. And it's, it's really fun to have, to be able to like help them do that and, and for them to feel so confident in that afterwards. And sometimes you just need a second set of eyes to be like, Hey, here are some really small changes that will make such a big difference in your site. 
You know, I had one boutique, they had a theme that just was not working for them at all, like at all. And they weren't, they weren't married to it either, which was great because that was my first thing. I was like, would you guys hate me if I said I wanted you to change your theme? (laughs) Because it just was not, it it didn't fit their brand. And it wasn't a very good e-commerce theme. It just like the sizing was weird. It was just very, it was like almost too much. So we picked a beautiful theme for them and it just, it's gorgeous now. It fits their brand. It just looks so nice. I think I know who you're talking about. And I would say they also have grown in how they market their goods. Mm -hmm. Because one of their first questions to me on our coaching calls, which, you know, I've said this before, but a lot of people email in wanting to work one-on-one with me. And I'm like, join a group. Like it's the cheapest way to work with me one-on-one. And it's usually the most effective because I'm on the call. Either Ariane or I are on the calls Mm -hmm. for three or six months. So come and work with me one-on-one in a just not a very expensive way, (laughs) frankly, but you know, they got on the phone and they were like, Hey, we have this issue with how we market our stuff. We are sustainable. We're ethical. We're Mm -hmm. women owned. Like they have kind of this cool, thoughtful assortment. Yes. And I love that. And and it also is really hard to market. They said, you know, there'll be a pop-ups and people are getting bored about hearing (laughs) the spiel, basically. I really challenged them on how to display things and how to sign things, because I think that was a bigger issue than like coming up with a new tagline or something, you know? And so sometimes it's just that shift in perspective that I'm able to give people or you're able to give people Mm -hmm. that helps them see their business in a new way and in a way that is actually going to communicate what they're doing better and more efficiently and more effectively. And I think through website and through pop-ups and all of this stuff, they're feeling so much better about their business. Um, And they've been in business for a little while too. Mm -hmm. And they came into the group being like, we just need some help moving things along, you know? And so I'm really, I love them. They're, I think out in California. Um, Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I've really enjoyed working. I've, I've enjoyed working with pretty much everybody in that group and everybody that joins in on the calls and they're just so grateful for the help and the feedback. And it's just been a really positive experience. And I know we always say like, this is our favorite group and they're always, always my favorite group, but I know, I think, I don't know what it is about this year. I don't know, like if like 2022 kind of everybody's coming out of like the, the COVID fog and there's just like a renewed sense of excitement I think people are starting to like take a deep breath again. It's just been a really exciting group and I'm really excited to see where they're going to go. A lot of our six figure blueprint people, which will be open again in June, they are opening stores. And I think it's such a testament to people wanting to be back out shopping. And we've seen it. Like I see reports all the time. People want to be back in physical retail spaces. They want to be there. There shouldn't be any hesitation for someone if they have a good business and they want to bring it in store to actually open that brick and mortar. Because I think if you can find that good location, if you can do what you're doing, you should absolutely do it. Especially if you're at the level of six figure blueprint. I think there's sort of a, if you want to open a brick and mortar, that's kind of the level where you can go from just being online to brick and mortar and really boost your business. I know I'm definitely getting sick of online shopping and and going in store has been frustrating because they're still kind of behind and they're lagging with the product that they have in store. Like the big, I'm talking about big box retailers, not talking about smaller, which is why I'm still preferring to shop small because I know they're going to have a decent assortment. They're not stuck in this. We're still waiting for stuff. There are still some supply chain issues, but for the most part, you know, it's not empty shelves. Like when you go to 
Target or the other day I was at Kohl's with Shane and they did not have a single large shirt in any color that he would wear for track. And I'm like, come on, really? Oh my God. Nothing. They just had this like heinous, like yellowy orange color and he loves orange, but he not that color. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. They don't have anything for you. It was so frustrating. He's like, it's okay, mom. It's okay. I'm like, it's not okay. (laughs) Well, and I, listen, I would say that's a buying issue and that's a merchandising issue, which is Mm -hmm. what we talk a lot about in Boutique Basics Bootcamp is really getting your assortment correct. I'm not going to like crap on the buyers at Kohl's, but they should know to buy deeper in the blacks and the navies and the whites and not buy too many of the oranges and the weird colors because that's... Mm -hmm. That those colors never sell like it's good to have pop colors it's good to have over-the-top items you just don't buy a lot of them they're they're right. what you know they're what makes the display pop but people are always going to buy black white navy olive mm-hmm. green basic basic gray like yep. super basic stuff so I think that's a lot of what we talk about too in boutique basics boot camp is like really making your assortment interesting I remember last round there was a woman and I looked at her website and she's like you know I've done a lot of things you guys say and I just don't know what's not working. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just look at your site. Like, what are you selling? And everything was super basic. Like it was all like great. It was like almost too base. Like she got almost too far the basic way. And I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest. I just don't think people are excited to shop a boutique for basics. They want to come to you for interesting things. So in her next buying round, she went out and bought more stuff that was more interesting. And she started to have more fun with her store. And people started to buy more because they were like, oh, okay, thank you for selling something interesting and unique. And so I think that's the thing is really working through your assortment to me is like one of the biggest things to a successful boutique is, is assortment. And then really like knowing who you're marketing to, even if it is you, like, how are you talking to that person? Where are they hanging out? You know, I know you talked about quitting TikTok back in December. And to be honest, I haven't really been on it that much. I'm still TikTok free. It is <laughs> it is April 5th and I am still TikTok free. There you go. Right. But we're still on Facebook. We're still on Instagram, you know, which is interesting. So I think that's the other thing is, is trusting in like the marketing things that have kind of always worked. Like there are things that will always work. And I know I, I kind of like poo poo on TikTok a lot, but I just, I do think it is kind of like one of those things that it has launched a lot of careers. I will say that. I also think you got to spend a lot of time doing it. Mm -hmm. It's really a time suck. And the algorithm is such that it does make it very difficult for people to find you. Um, So I just, I don't really see it as being a primary marketing source for any business, frankly. Like I don't think it's the only way you can do things. I mean, I will say I made a reel of Finn. You did. I did. I It has like 5,500 views and it was completely by accident, but the sound was just too good. It really was. It was it really too was. good and it was a complete accident and I did not anticipate it jumping off like that. Well, and listen, I do think that reels are worth it. Uh, the more reels I do, the more story views I get, right. the more story views I get, the more feed. I mean, I think the feed is like. But it's an established okay. platform already. Like if you're already on Instagram, why not make a reel? Right. Right. And to be honest with you, I started making reels and I was like, this actually isn't as hard. TikTok, I like couldn't figure out. I was just like, I don't understand the buttons and how to edit. It was almost too complicated for me. Whereas I think on Instagram, they're like, oh, there's a lot of old dummies here that don't know what they're doing. So we're going to make it really simple. And I actually am going to film 
uh, a tutorial. I told Arian I would do this. I was like, I'll do a screen share or a tutorial and put it in bootcamp and blueprint for everyone to do a reel. Cause it's really not that hard. And I don't think it has to, I don't think it has to be hard and complicated. Honestly, mm-hmm. I've noticed that some of the bigger creators that have like millions of followers, kind of the like betches or like phenomenal, like some of those big accounts, they're just like putting music to a solid image as a reel yeah to get it to reach more people which I was like that's actually like a really weird hack I mean it's just another way of distributing content true and distributing it in a way that you know is going to reach more people because the algorithm loves a reel circular virality it's a term that Brendan Burchard made up Brendan Burchard is a big online marketer Mm -hmm. Uh, he has like millions and millions of followers and YouTubers. And he kind of came up with this idea that you create one piece of content and distribute it on all the platforms. Um, like you, there's no way to, there's no reason to recreate the wheel. And to be honest, we, I just did a Facebook live last night and we're going to try to do it. We're going to put it on YouTube. We're going to, I want to make it a reel. I want to make it an IGTV. I want to take clips. Um, and I think I'll like redistribute it on Facebook somehow too, you know, like why not? Um, but I'm certainly not going to go out and create content for TikTok. I'll share it. I'll share my reels on TikTok. I have way more followers on Instagram. So why not just double down there? Focus on where your people are. Yeah. Focus on the right things and think about basics. Don't, don't, we don't have to go and recreate the wheel all the time. So yeah, I think when people, you know, when something's going wrong or when things aren't growing, they immediately want to go to like the next thing. They want to like look for what else I could do? What else I could do? What else I can do? What else can I add to my plate instead of like stopping, going back to the foundation, going back to the basics, looking at like what their business is actually built on. Because most of the time it's an issue with like something that's foundational. And if you don't address the foundation, the cracks in the foundation, you're not going to con- be able to continue to grow because then you think about what you build on top of a you know cracked foundation, the building is going to fall over at some point. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think we all can go back to basics in our business pretty much all the time. I would Mm -hmm. say like every six to eight months, I want to go back to basics and look at like, where are we marketing? What are we selling? How are we selling it? Who's managing what? Because really, I mean, I think it's always funny when people are like, I have to have a business plan. Like, yeah, I think you have to have a business plan, but it does not have to be set in stone. And I guarantee you it will change. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the other piece of it is it, you know, Business plans are great and everyone should have one. They're a guide. They're a guide. They're a guide. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. They're there to like help you kind of, you know, find a pathway. But if you go off that pathway and venture into the woods a little bit, you know, there might be something good down there too. Yes. There you go. Okay. Let's talk about boot camp. So when this comes out, boot camp is going to close its doors in two days on the 29th of April. Mm-hmm. It's a three month program. We love it everyone loves it we've had like over 1500 people go through it something like that a lot so and I joke I joke like not joke that everyone should go through it because it's really the absolute basics for your business and even if you think you have it down if you're not making three to five thousand dollars consistently in your business that something in your foundation is off some your your person is off you know your avatar is off your product sermons off, your marketing is a little bit off. And I think that's where you get to go back to basics with guidance, with feedback, with three incredible experts helping you on a weekly basis. We have at least one call a week, if not two to three, sometimes we have calls, um, depending on the week. So you get so much support. 
Um, you of course get the coursework too. There's six modules ranging from mindset to marketing to margins, ideal customer, product assortment, operations plan, all that stuff. Plus we added a Shopify training in there. Mm-hmm. You recorded how to start from scratch to yep. build your Shopify website. So that, that course just keeps getting better. In my opinion, more built out. We're adding a couple more master classes in there as well. The cool part is I think you get lifetime access too. So once you buy the course, you have it forever. You can go back through it. And then if you want to rejoin the next time you run it. So if you're an alumni, you've taken bootcamp and you're like, you know what? I'd love to get some feedback. I'd love to get some support this spring into summer. Really come back. We offer it to you at a discount price. Check your spam emails. We always send the uh-huh. discount code in an email. So make sure to check your email because we would love to have you back. We have a lot of alumni come back and join um, and they do it for the calls. You know, we've added a sales review call. We've added the e-commerce call. So you're going to get even more feedback and support, which I think is kind of crucial to grow your business. Yeah. And the Facebook groups have been wild too, because we've opened up the Facebook groups to comments within the last year. So we can have more conversations in there and we're in there. Like the coaches are all in there. We're talking to you guys. We're giving you feedback in between calls. So it's definitely even more interactive than in years past. And it's just a really, really great program and a great course. And I love being a part of it. And I love working with you guys. So much fun. Come join us. It really is. It really is. Head on over to www.boutiquebasicsbootcamp.com. Com. We'll put the link in the show notes. You can still sign up through April 29th. And then you and I are headed to the retreat in Palm Beach. Yeah. Like I leave Saturday. Yeah, me too. I just booked my flight. Oh, I was going to say, did you book your flights yet? Yeah, I booked my flights last night. We're leaving Saturday. We're coming back Thursday. When are you leaving on Saturday? What time? Uh, Like noon, maybe. Oh, okay. I'll be be there. I'll be there before you then. I'll be in Florida by noon. (laughs) Oh, you will? Are you leaving on a super early flight? I think like eight something. What are you flying? JetBlue? Yeah. Okay. I booked us on Delta. They had great flights, right? To Palm Beach. Yeah, I'm flying into West, West Palm too. Yeah, which is like a minute from the resort or oh, 10 amazing. minutes or something. Yeah, it's super close. But I will say flying to Fort Lauderdale too is not that bad. Um, it's a pretty easy ride up. JetBlue stopped flying Fort Lauderdale. Oh. That's recent. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of people have gotten rid of flights from COVID. So mm-hmm. I think it's temporary, but like there's a couple places that JetBlue stopped flying to because I don't think they had enough yeah. like flight crews or something, but West Palm's a huge, I mean, if they're flying to West Palm, Fort Lauderdale is right there anyway. So it's like kind of silly for them to fly to both airports. It is. And also I feel like Fort Lauderdale is a hub for, or it's like a, there's some airline that like flies a lot out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, Southwest. Maybe I know Miami is a hub for American. Um, Because they fly a lot to Central America. I mean, there's three airports within an hour and a half of each other. So I think it's also just, yeah, you got to pick and choose. But yeah, I'm excited. We'll come back to you guys with a recap from after the retreat. Um, Yeah, that'll be our next episode. I know. If you're not able to come to the retreat, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Don't know. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I mean, I it's going to be amazing. I am so excited. We have Lex and Kins and Alexis speaking. And then I just booked our yoga and sound bath with G1, which is so exciting. And yeah, I mean, we'll give you guys updates on what we're thinking after this retreat, what we'll 
we'll be doing for the next retreat, what that will look like, what that will feel like for us as a company. We're never really set in stone of like, this is what it is. And this is how it is. I think we always want people to come and have an experience where they get to get away and disconnect and not kind of not work on their business, but work on themselves. You know, this is how we've chosen to do it this year and may change for next year or the fall, or I don't know when we're going to do something next, but we always get the vision after the last retreat what we want to do for the next one so yep and this is exciting because this is our first kind of live event since you know the world kind of fell apart 2019 uh, yeah yeah 2019 was our last big event crazy it's crazy I mean I will and, and stuff but yeah, I've been to Magic. And I will also throw in there that I did get invited to speak at Magic in Nashville. Yeah. And we're, I'm doing that. Um, so if you're going to be in Nashville, come see me. I'm speaking at 2 o'clock on the 17th on the education stage, 2 p.m. So I'm really excited. We haven't narrowed down on the topic yet, but I'll keep you guys updated. So if you're going to be in Nashville, definitely come see me speak. Last time I spoke in Vegas was when I was pregnant and I'm sure I'll be back at Vegas in August. I'm excited. I love magic. I love the people that run magic. They're some of my faves. Um, so I'm always down to, to hit up a magic and speak there. And honestly, it's like fun. The people that show up to magic are always a pretty good times. Yeah. So I'll see you guys in Nashville. If I don't see you in Palm beach, which is just going to be so great, but yeah, Andrea and I will be back with you in May for another episode. I think we're going to do boutique besties once a month. It feels like a nice, long, juicy episode mm-hmm. for you. And then we've got some great interviews coming up. We've got some more great topics, but as always, like if you have things you want us to talk about, you have things you want me to educate on, please send us an email. Like we are so open. You can always get straight to Andrea at Andrea at stylish and successful.com or reply back to any email we send you. If you're on our email list, you can always hit reply. Uh, We're always on that email inbox. Yes, we are. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Andrea. It was fun to hang out. Thanks, Emily. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. If you wouldn't mind taking a second to go ahead and scroll down if you're on the Apple podcast or Spotify and leaving us a quick rating and review, we would really appreciate it. It helps more amazing boutique CEOs just like you find this podcast and this incredible free resource. Thanks again for listening and we will see you in a few weeks. this is you. You've had your business for two years-ish. Maybe it's a brick and mortar. You feel like you're being pulled in so many directions, but your business is moving forward. You're doing great. You're making money. Things are good. And you can't wing it anymore. You've got to get things under control. You don't enjoy feeling all over the place, but that's all you've known as you've built your business. I want to invite you to my latest webinar called Overbought. Overbought is for you if you're ready to break the cycle of overbuying and maximize your profitability. Maybe you're thinking, but Emily, what does profitability have to do with feeling all over the place? You don't have a plan. The plan starts 
with you analyzing your sales. Once we can see what you've been selling, then the plan for the future, the vision is very clear. You go to market, you go online, you buy what you need, you sell through it, and your revenue becomes predictable. The new expectation is that you know what's going on. And because you know what's going on, everything around that gets streamlined, including your free time. If you're ready to stop overbuying, maybe you wanna fire the company you hired to do your open to buy plan. You want to finally get control of the numbers and feel like you actually understand how the data is going to move the needle in your business. I wanna invite you to my free training called Overbought. This is a 90 minute training with me. I'm going to go in depth about how to stop overbuying and what's the process of moving towards ending 2023 with the least inventory you've ever had, the most cash in the bank, and maybe even a vacation. Join me, you can sign up for this class. You need to reserve a seat, it's free though, at www.boutiquetrainingacademy.com forward slash overbought.